This is for the nerds, this is for the brainiacs, this is what we deserve. Go ahead and play it back, you ain't gonna touch me, you not gonna do nothing, you are not above me, I bet you wish you was me, I know that I know. What is poppin' everybody? And welcome back to another special episode of the Only Friends Podcast. Well, you know, I'm here with my only friends. And that includes Tortue! Let's go. What's poppin', sidekick? How you feeling today? Don't worry, I'm gonna get you back. I'm gonna work you back in there. I'm trying to think of a way to get Tortue and the sidekick in, and then his little buddies, but I gotta figure it out. <laughs> I was just, I'm, I'm gonna mold it all together. Don't you worry, buddy. I was just thinking, there can't be another show on the internet that uh, opens with the two minor characters getting all the shine. Minor Man, characters? What the fuck is wrong with this, this guy? This fucking guy. Who the fuck does this, this guy think he is? Guapa, gu- 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 cut his mic. Get cut get his on, camera, get too. Out here. Don't you have a heads up, uh, Massey, go play? Do get something, go do something yeah, with yourself. Seriously. What the fuck's wrong wow. with this guy? Wow. Wow. Lot, Very aggressive today. What to say? <laughs> Hi, Hunt. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most the two of you have had to say all year. <laughs> Don't get the tortoise fired up, baby. <laughs> That's how you work him in. He's cooking with that red shell. <laughs> That's right. Uh, we got a big show today. We're joined by the one and only Matt Hunt, uh, hello, lead hello. content creator and instructor here at Solve for Y Academy. Uh, we're going to be dissecting a lot of the hands so far played in this Nick Airball heads up match. We have about 10 today that we're going to try to get through. But before we get to that, uh, we have a few things that uh, we want to discuss as far as housekeeping cleaning goes, um, new course out today on Solve for Y TV uh, by Ewan McNichols. Uh, very McNicholas. McNicholas, you're right. My apologies. I got to do the names, man. You can't. Man, the funny thing is, I even knew I was going to get that wrong. I looked at it this morning. I go, oh, McNicholas. That seems like two first names. And then I got here and it was just like immediately McNichols. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he has a new course out called Deep Stack Three Bet Pots. So this course is going to start at all the way back at preflop and work its way through the river, uh, navigating some of the tough decisions that you'll have when the SPR is deep. I think we have a preview for that right now. My name is Jürgen Nicholas, and welcome to my first course for Soul for Y. Deep through at pots are critical to study if you're playing live cash games. In this course, we will firstly establish the differences in preflop ranges as stacks get deeper. We'll then take a look at some different flop strategies with extra focus on c-betting, then we'll look at turn and river strategies, and finally we'll look at some real-life hand examples. We need to remember that our goal isn't to implement the solver strategy exactly, but to take away key themes and trends that we can use in-game to increase our EV. You guys. Okay, so that is uh, currently up on Solve for Y TV. If you want to head over to Solve for Y. .io. You can check that out. Get a membership today. Free two-week trial. If you don't like what you see, you're free to cancel anytime. Uh, the first four lessons of that course are up currently. Two more will be added sometime in the near future. Uh, secondly, we also have an academy coming up in 10 days. So April 15th to the 18th. That's our final Poker Out Loud Academy for this year. Uh, we're going to go back to the old format in the second half of this year. Uh, that is going to be led by myself, Matt, and Landon here in the room. Uh, there are two seats remaining for that, so head to academy.solveryy.io if you're interested in that. We also have a tournament academy right before the World Series starts, May 24th to the 27th. A few seats left for that as well. Matt will be 
the lead instructor for that one, navigating through four days of MTT uh, strategy, basically starting at the beginning, ending at the final table. If you want more information for that, academy.solferwhy.io, click the banner above. It will give you all the instructions on the uh, MTT Academy. I have a, 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 a TSA, a tortoise. Tortoise service announcement. <laughs> <laughs> He's <on a> tournament. <laughs> that was a tournament. Um, so there's been a, a couple um, issues with, uh, well, not issues, but with, with the app when people, so if you sign up to, uh, to a subscription through the app, mm -hmm. uh, make sure you um, either create an account or if you already have an account created with like a free account, make sure you're signed in when you when you uh purchase the subscription because if you don't you'll be you'll be subscribed as an unregistered user mm. and then when you try to go to the uh you know your computer or a different device and watch something it's it you won't have access right so and then you have to go back through and um email you restore restore the um the the in-app purchase uh but there's been a few issues with that so just make sure that you are you either create an account or you are logged into your account and uh, really, if you want to help us out, uh, just go to the website and, and buy. Yeah, so, save, so we, save us that yeah, Apple don't, feed. Yeah, don't, don't send that money, that extra money to Apple and Google. This, <laughs> this sounds <laughs> like us. a manager service yeah, announcement. No, okay, well, it is. It's an, it's an oh, no, LSA. You, wear, you right. wear multiple hats. Right. Yeah, the, tortoise, the tortoise wouldn't give a fuck yeah. about right. this. The tortoise is the tortoise moving too care. slow right. to right. care about this. Yeah. Uh, one final thing to get out of the way. There is a new documentary coming out that myself and Landon are actually part of. I think Conrad might even make a cameo or two in there. Uh, it's called Dreamers. This is getting put out by Above the Felt. Um, I think we have a trailer for that if you want to roll it. When you play a poker tournament, 85% of the time you're going home broke. This is part of the game. You, you can't be results oriented where you can play well and lose for a long period of time. And you have to be willing to sustain that. How do you learn to deal with the shit that luck is going to throw in your way? Because, you know, let's face it, it's, it's going to throw some stuff your way. Right, you just show up study, you still lose, and you show up with a smile again tomorrow. I just set out to play poker. I was like, I want to play poker, win at poker, make some friends. Uh, I don't know, get into tournaments, maybe win a big tournament, get rich like everyone else. These people are your friends, but you're trying to kill them. Like, <laughs> and then as soon as the game's over, like, you're all friends again. They allow you to kind of like step back and say like, I truly fucking love this game and it's just a lot of fun to sit down against seven opponents, compete, and, you know, try to come out on top. Poker's taught me so much about life. I feel like so many decisions that you make off the table can be influenced by the way that you think about poker. Poker was the first time where I was able to fail monetarily, feel really bad about it, and still think it's all right because you can learn from everything. I think it's becoming more a story of resilience and, and I hope what this entire content project does is I hope it peels back the curtain of our industry a little bit, peels back the curtain of our community and you get to see like what the best and brightest in this poker industry are all about. Poker is all about chasing your dreams, taking your shot and changing your life. You don't have to be an athlete you don't have to be you know in as good a shape as me you can go out there and uh you know be anybody and be successful this is the first pot here at our final table when you're faced with adversity you know champions rise up 
Jeff Platt, man. Am I right? Jeff fucking Platt. How'd they get him for this thing? I know, Jeff right? Jeez. What a gig. Yep. There goes all the all the profit. Sure. Sure. <laughs> Uh, Dreamers is a new age poker documentary that takes viewers on a journey through the modern world of professional poker. The film follows the industry's best and brightest poker players and influencers as they compete in the first ever WPT World Poker Championship Festival. Through interviews with players themselves, Dreamers peel back the curtain of often misunderstood poker community, revealing the highs and lows of the game and the people who play it. From the intense pressure of high stakes tournaments to the camaraderie camaraderie and friendship that develops among players the film captures the essence of what it means to be a part of the passionate poker community the youtube premiere will be april 14th 7 p.m eastern 4 p.m pacific it's a watch party with the atf crew so head over to youtube.com backslash at above the felt uh if you want to check that out i think they're also running a contest the link is in the description below if you guys want to enter uh for a chance to win whatever it is that uh this giveaway is doing looks great yeah. It looks amazing, yeah. Oh, I'm excited. excited I'm excited to watch that. Yeah. I know some people in there. <laughs> <laughs> but in the meantime, I want to give a shout out to my boy. Oh, no. My homie. Oh, no. Martin Zamani. Oh. Real hot. Zamani. Shipping the 50K. <laughs> Not only that, he won Ryan Reese's 1K bracket. Had no idea about anything to do with college basketball. He was just like, fuck it. I'm in. He literally is like, ah, how much can I win? 165? Sure. I'm in. Sounds pretty much how he plays poker. Listen, <laughs> man gets it done. Man gets it done. Bro, he, he's double eagled up right now. The man is cooking for real. The, the interview, uh, or not the interview, I guess, the sideline report was such a perfect meme like it looked like something out of a key and pill skit i talked to martin zamani during the break about the success that he's had at these high roller tournaments against polished opponents and maybe the different approach that he takes his answer for me was very simple two words i'm high <laughs> natalie is like <laughs> natalie is so professional and polished yeah. like she sounds like she's right off of an right. espn broadcast yeah. and she goes his words for me uh two words i'm high <laughs> i feel like she was excited to say that she's like yeah oh couldn't wait yeah like this is such yeah. a like opportunity yeah, <laughs> and then, yeah. it's he, not it's not often an interview from poker go goes poker twitter viral yeah he was, he was not lying did you see his victory photo did you see his oh face in any of the god i mean his hair is all over the place his eyes are bloodshot he's just yeah that, that man is high and i don't know where he got <laughs> Time to get so high. He's been playing poker. Surrounded by eagles. You only get a break every two hours. How are you so high, Mark? I don't understand. That is that is peak performance right there. Edibles, bro. It's called edibles. I don't know. Uh, what word, word on the street was he tried to pay someone that worked for Poker Go 2K to smoke a joint at the table. Approved, <laughs> <laughs> of course. You know he's not uncivilized. Uh, he tried. Oh man. That that sounds about right. Incredible. Uh, I, I'm tired of seeing Borg spam my, my DMs on Twitter and everything else, so I'm just going to give him the acknowledgement that he wants. Phil Helmuth won a PGT uh, event this series. He also got fourth in another, so two final tables for him. He did. Congratulations for Phil. <laughs> you know, it's good to see you still able to feed the kids doing the thing that you love to do. Mm -hmm. uh, back to the action now. Can I, can I shout someone out? Please? I have a, a student of mine, uh, Victor Paredes, just final table WPT Thunder Valley. Oh, sick. Oh, oh, nice. Fifth, fifth place for 97K. So congrats to Victor. Let's go. Oh, that's awesome. awesome. Let's go, Victor. Yeah. All right. 
putting job, meat and potatoes on the, on the fucking... Putting it on the table for the kids, you know? We gotta eat a little bit. Let's go. A little respect out there. Um, we, gotta, we, we have to do the thing today that I enjoy doing the absolute least as uh, <laughs> a poker player, as a student of the game, and as an instructor myself. And histories. We're gonna talk hands. I thought you were gonna say actually playing. Sometimes you no. feel, sometimes I feel like you don't no. really enjoy playing that no, much. No, no, I love to play. I don't love to play heads up, but I love to play poker. Uh, I do not enjoy talking hand histories at all, but I understand their relevance, and I also understand that for the viewers looking in. They have no idea what the fuck is going on in this cage that we are thrown into. No, that's my fault. I did a lot of shorthand hand histories for them, and then I had to realize that. Well, that now's right. your time to cook, bro. Here the we are. What the fuck is SPR? You mean no, SRP? SRP. SRP. <laughs> I know it. Store retail price. <laughs> <laughs> Single raised pot. Um, Wait, you really didn't know? You got to know what your SPR is and your SPR and your a ASRP. <laughs> What's your SPR and an SRP? There yeah. you go. There you go. This is important. All right, so we have 10 uh, key hands to pull from today that we're going to discuss. Uh, I guess I'll just run through the details of the hands um, and probably just like let you guys cook on uh, any analysis you want to give. Let's not get too deep into the weeds. I don't want to give a free fucking lesson to Nick out there, but yeah. uh, my thoughts are probably less relevant. I'll just add in context where I can. Uh, so the first hand we're taking a look at here is day one of the challenge. Uh, this was pretty early. I think we had about 100k starting stacks. Um, and we are looking at what I believe to be a 4-bet pot. Yeah. So 4-bet pot. I have ace-queen offsuit no heart. Uh, we're going to see a flop of ace-4-3. We arrive... Uh, at the flop with an SPR of about three. So it looks like I had already doubled. Um, started this hand with about 200,000. Um, it's like a five bet from the hand history. Well, looks like you made it 12 and he made it 30. Yeah, let's oh, go. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, so, sorry, sorry. That's so my fault. 12, 48, all five. And then he four bet or five bets. Yeah. Okay, yeah, sorry. So five bet pot, my bad. Um, so yeah, five bet pot. We have ace queen off. Uh, flop is ace four three. I think he bets quarter, if I'm if I remember correctly. Twenty uh, percent. Yeah, so twenty percent. Uh, call obviously. Turn is a uh, seven of spades. Um, I don't remember if it was actually two tone in real time. I wrote these hand histories really quickly, so it may have been like an offsuit seven where there's only one flush draw. Uh, he checks to me. I believe I chose two e. Uh, he calls, and on the river we land with about. Uh, sixty-six percent pot behind. Rivers an offsuit eight. He checks, uh, and I go. I guess somewhat thin for value here, and That's decide to rip. Um, but I think as played, like he's just not going to have very much ace x in range. And when he does, it's going to be his weaker ace x, like ace five, uh, ace. I mean, he could have ace four, ace three, I suppose, to have me beaten. But it's mostly just going to be like ace five, uh, ace queen to chop, and some ace jack, ace ten suited. Um. He tanked in this spot forever. Like, it was the first long tank of the match. And then uh, he folded and took a break. <laughs> I feel like he, he has, like, kings when he tanks forever there. Because he's, like, making peace with the fact that he has kings that he probably can't call, and now he has to fold. I thought that as well. Um, but he kept, he kept saying that it was a really interesting spot based off of his exact hand. And his exact hand... 
being kings isn't that interesting, I don't think. You don't well, have ace-king off much calling five back because you jam pre? Um, good question. In theory, I do. Right. Uh, in theory, it mixes. In practice, I probably have all of it. Uh, I would probably just jam ace-king suited. Right, so queens become a better hand to call with than kings because queens for him blocks your ace-queen. Yeah, yeah. Or like you want to start folding kings. Yeah, so maybe maybe he has queens. I guess. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I think honestly, I think the way the board ran out, he probably had like ace five, mm -hmm. and thought that that was relevant to five six, which I just don't really ever have. the The final board was ace four three seven eight. Well, yeah, you don't really have five six, but the five's a nice unblock to the bluffs that you could have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, it's like you want to have that versus some of the higher cards that you might just be bluffing with. Mm. Uh, so like he's just bluff catching and has a hand that beats your hand and then an unblocker type. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think a lot of it's going to depend on what the makeup of his five bet range is too, because right, like his his five bet range is not going to be as mixed as what the solver is going to want to be Correct. in that spot, and so it really depends a lot on like the exact frequency that he actually does have Ace Five as a five bet to begin with because he may not always three bet it he may not always five bet it and then there's other hands that like he probably like the reason i said kings because because kings is one of the hands that we can be the most confident that the he five, five bets. bets at like a yeah. high high frequency <laughs> yeah agree and all the other ace x like ace jack ace 10 ace five like there's a whole bunch of ace x stuff that could do something different at some point elsewhere in the hand so i feel like kings and queens are like hands that he has a lot there yeah i agree uh I agree. Queens is like a weird five bet for that size at that depth, I think. Um, mm -hmm. But it probably exists. Um, yeah, I, I truly didn't know what to make of the tank. Like, just the way this hand plays out in a five bet pot with ranges being so narrow, it, it's pretty straightforward. There, there aren't going to be like a lot of tough river decisions here, I don't think. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're obviously sad when you have hands like kings or queens. Uh, but like, you know, it, it just is what it is. Like, you have a hand that probably mixes at some frequency. You figure out what you're going to utilize to to use your mix and then you move on um but he had like a very long funeral for this one so i don't know maybe maybe he folded an ace maybe there was like some like it was his get out of line moment pre mm -hmm. where he had like a low frequency ace 10 off or ace jack off something like that and then just found a fold uh later in the hand but yeah it's also possible he just had something that was like he should that he should never five bet in the first place. Right. He just like randomly five yeah, bet yeah, like yeah. king seven suited, and he yeah. just has like a seven x of hearts now on that river, and just like how how thin would you go in my spot as far as uh, your ace x value? Like, would you jam ace ten suited here? Feels tough to do that. Feels tough because yeah. I feel like ace queen checks turn a lot. I think he when he has ace queen, right. I feel like he's at least a little bit afraid of you having ace king, and I think that means ace queen ace jack checks turn enough that like now when we get to that river it becomes so hard uh, no, to no, no 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 ace ace queen's like three on flop ace queen's just straight top of range theory wise yeah but i'm talking about, oh, I'm talking about nick, in practice yeah, i'm talking about nick specifically yeah, oh like, yeah, I'm yeah, talking yeah. About, okay, like, okay 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 yeah yeah that's fair like i don't think he's necessarily going to just like but like I agree, either way i agree with like ace jack that's mm -hmm. like the the line yeah, of demarcation. i think it's like it's really close yeah yeah um yeah, I, I mean, it felt thin in real time, which is weird because I know it's just like a, a kind of layup jam. 
but that's obviously just me not really having a good understanding of what his range even looks like. It's also just coming to grips with sometimes you're going to jam, get called, lose, and then be like, right. why did I jam ace queen when I could have checked back? Mm -hmm. Well, but that seems to be the, the narrative of pretty much every river decision I've made in this <laughs> right. entire Seriously. fucking event. It's like, when I'm right, it's, I'm a genius, and when I'm wrong, I just second-guess everything. Well, yeah, because... that's because the pots are the biggest. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, when you call with a king nine, it's like, oh, I'm a genius. So, like, I had a yeah. good feeling about it. You call with a set of sixes, and you're the worst. Yeah. Uh, so here we have a similar pot that's fewer bets pre. 240,000 effective. Uh, this is also day one. Uh, we get ace-queen again. This is going to be a three-bet pot. Uh, so he opens to 12. I three-bet the 6K. He calls. Flop, ace of hearts, king of hearts, six of spades. Um, I go for the overbet here on the flop, uh, betting 150%. He calls, turn, seven of spades, making the board two-tone. Uh, from here, I basically go 2E, so I full pot. Uh, he calls again. River, we have, I think I missized a little bit, but we have just a little bit over full pot back. Uh, and River, I kind of like got a little lost. I know my hand is worth a jam, um, but I was struggling to find his bluff catchers, not in theory, but in practice. Like, I just felt like, you know, I'm going to put Ace Jack in hell when he has it. And uh, I also wasn't positive that if I like chose some other action, he would always rip in Ace Four. So I started to like get in this weird hedgy scenario where it's just like oh well sometimes he has me beat but i can lose less by taking some other action type of thing which is just nonsense um but i was kind of surprised at based off this exact run out like my hand actually chooses a different size than all in uh which was kind of surprising to me basically it, like fits itself into a, a a bit of a larger block size um which i kind of wish i would have chosen in real time because then i can find his bluff catchers pretty easily especially if he's like double floating with king queen type of hands uh but ultimately i check and he snap checked back we scooped a nice one here. I think I misplayed the river pretty terribly. I don't think my hand ever really wants to check. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Like, I think these spots, these spots are spots that people tend to both not go thin enough for value on river and also not bluff enough a lot of the time. Mm. Like, there, I think there's a decent chance that some of the stuff that's technically supposed to bluff there, like some of his like queen high hearts and things like that, that's supposed to bluff just because he doesn't really have very many other available bluffs. Mm. He might just be like, well, I have queen high, like I beat his bluffs. Like I just check back queen high and, you know, not lose to an ace or something. Right. You know? So like if he doesn't bluff enough, then our incentive to check and try to bluff catch is greatly reduced. Yeah, it's like near zero. Yeah. And then there's also the possibility that like we, ha we have to consider if we block, how often does he turn hands into a bluff and just jam? Because there are some spots, and this might be one of them, where... Against a check, he doesn't bluff that much, but against a block, like he might now decide to take like a random seven X of hearts and just be like, well, I don't want to just call. Right, I never win. But I'm going to mm -hmm. shove. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's fair. And You don't want to induce the bluff. No, you do. Yeah. Well, you, you do. do. Ace, queen, well, you ace queen's yeah, a pure just call. Yeah. Tortoise doesn't oh, want, want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Tortoise, yeah. Tortoise, is, right. tortoise is hanging in the back. He's like, I don't want him to like actually put money in the body. <laughs> Play some civilized poker. <laughs> check down. Heads up pot. Check <laughs> down, man. Well, if you're going to fold, if you're going to call, then yes. When was the last time you played a five-bet pot, Tortoise? Huh? Um... <laughs> Let's see. So I had aces. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and it was four bet to me. When like, I played, when like I played 2012. <laughs> no, I um, you know, usually my five bet pots are uh, all in pre because I play a uh, hundred. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't even think I've played a five bet pot in a long time. Right. So yeah. Yeah. 
I uh, remember the last one I played. Yeah. I jammed a... Ace-5 a, suited? Ace-4. Mm. Uh, yeah. How'd there it go? Was, there was no way it was, was going to be anything other than a suited ace. <laughs> yeah, right, right, exactly. Never. I was four. out of the 25k. <laughs> yeah, they got me. Scam. <laughs> Should have won that one, too. Can't God believe, damn it. Can't believe you uh, called. I five-bet jammed Ace-5 suited the other day in, uh, in Bobby's room. How'd it go? I got called by Ace King. <laughs> you chop? I three-quartered him. I walk so you can run. Yes, thank you. We appreciate <laughs> all, the, all the work that you're putting in out there. You're, you're a true pioneer, Adam. Yeah. And I'm, not, I'm not. That's the thing. I was talking about this uh, when the fucking Elias jammed on Osmus with the Ace-5. Mm. And then Patrick was like, yeah, I mean, you're not the first person to ever do the Ace-5 stuff, but you're definitely like the new age representation of what the ace five looks like right when it comes to being the person that's very openly spoken about it mm. and i was like i'll take that that's fine yeah yeah someone had to be the martyr yeah that's we're me. happy for it to be yeah. you yeah i died for your jams <laughs> 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 all right uh here is the this next time we're going to talk about doug covered it he got the details pretty close to nah they were off anyway i'll fill you guys in on what actually happened since uh obviously <laughs> Airball didn't see my hand, so I can expose now what I had. What really happened was... So, this is the hand where Airball had 7-5 of spades. For whatever reason, this replayer won't show his hand. I couldn't figure out how to make it work, but just know that he has 7-5 of spades here. Uh, this is a 3-bet pot pre... Uh, I was So, I was dabbling with a 5x open when we got super deep. As you can see, uh, I had like 550k here and covered. Um, Airball had like 350, so at this point, we're playing like a thousand plus big blinds or just just shy 900 big blinds i guess effective um so i open 5x with 10 9 off 10 of spades uh he chooses the three bet to 8k 6k oh sorry 6k my apologies uh and i call we see a flop of queen of spades 10 of hearts nine of spades uh pretty good for us we fought bottom two with the backdoor flush draw he leads for I think a 42. little over third. Yeah. So just slightly over third pot. Um, and to be fair, there's 12-4 in the pot, not 12K. I couldn't get the ante to work either. Uh, we call here. Turn is an offsuit deuce, deuce of diamonds. And he chooses uh, about 75% pot, betting 15,000 into like 21-ish. Um, I think... What was going on in my head here, uh, I know Doug said that he thinks it's fancy play syndrome to play any raises here. Uh, I, I strongly disagree, especially like when sizings aren't necessarily theoretically correct. Uh, we're going to be able to find a lot of imbalances here. But also, like you're just not pure raising king-jack on flop or sets. And when you delay those hands, you can't just like double delay them to do what on the river. Like You're going to land on river with like four SPR. It's going to be hard to get the money in. Um, so you're just going to have a subset of hands that want to get the money in. And then you're also going to have a subset of hands that like want some level of protection. So like when Nick has Kings here, uh, I want to be able to both get some level of protection with my hand as well as, uh, get the extra value that I may not be able to accrue on the river. Should he suddenly start to check or, you know, the river comes in ace now potentially as a check fold. Uh, I just think there's like a lot of reasons to implement a raising range on the turn with both bluffs and value, obviously. Yeah, I, I agree because the whole spot kind of goes out the window when he chooses bet 75% on the turn. Right. Because it's such a bricky turn, he's supposed to probably like 2x pot it. And uh, uh, like, yeah, it's with like, you know, not a high frequency bet to begin with. Right, yeah. 
Um, but bottom line is like his value his value is strong enough on that complete brick that he should go bigger than, than that size. Right. And then because he goes bigger, now you don't really need to have any raises because your value can still get stacks in on river without needing to raise. Yeah. But now when he goes 75, in order for you to get any value on river with King Jack and with your other value, like you kind of have to have some raises here because right. how else are you going to play for stacks? Like, what are you going to do? Like, you call and then the river's like a seven SPR and he bets pot and you jam for seven X pot. Like that's going to be. Yeah. I mean insane, like, we're, you know? to, like to be clear, we're at the turn with the 16 SPR. Yeah. So it's like, it's easy to call something fancy play syndrome when you're used to playing turns that have an SPR of sub three, but like, you know, at a turn SPR of 16, there are just some hands that are pretty strong that, you know, want to put money in the pot. Yeah. Fast. And the, the biggest driver of your EV in any spot is going to be what your value hands do and right. how you how you get value from top of range. So right, like, yeah. It just if as unless you're just like pure raising King Jack on flop or Jack Eight, which is like you don't see it doesn't seem like you need to do that. Right. It makes sense to have raises here because you still have King Jack and Jack Eight in range. Yeah, I, I think it would be a pretty big mistake actually to just like pure raise those mm -hmm. on flop because he's just gonna have so many equity dense hands, like you know, hands like Ace King with a spade and stuff like yeah. that, where suddenly now you're at a low SPR on turns and you could just be dead a lot. Right. And you're barely even like protecting anything by raising flop because a lot of the stuff that actually has equity on that board, like flush draws, gut shots, et cetera, almost none of it actually folds. Right. So like you're, you don't even have to have Yeah, that you're, you're front loading flop. a lot of aggression and building a very large pot that right. you're only going to win like maybe half the time down right. the line. But by contrast on the turn, like now you actually can fold out some gutters and stuff that have equity against your top of range or right. against like your two pairs and things like that. Well, so. you would think, Matt. Oh, yeah. You, you would, would think, think so. However. <laughs> you would think. I hit him However. with the raise here to 50K uh, after he bets 15 and he chooses to call. Uh, the river then is the six of spades. There's 120,000 in the pot and we are about a, or 290 effective. And he go ahead and leads for 150,000. Now, I got to tell you, uh, this is annoying. Yeah. I was just about to say, this is like the dumbest, most annoying spot of all time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because there's so many contradicting thoughts going through your head where it's just like, okay, well, naked flush draws were supposed to fold the turn. And he has a lot of uh, he has like a lot of hands that possess the single ace of spades, right? So it's just like it's this is an easy spot to over bluff. Like oh, a scare card after he raised the turn and probably doesn't have a lot of flushes in his raising range. Fuck him, bomb. You yeah. know what I mean? So that's the first thought that goes through your head. But then the second thought is like, but it's one hundred and fifty thousand, and like he just randomly is clicking that on a you know. Otherwise, brick. Like, the six is a brick outside of uh, it being a spade. So it's just like, what the fuck is going on here? This is a lot of big blinds. You know, we're talking about 300 big blinds getting bet on the river. How do I make a decision here? And, you know, at the end, I was just like, well, theoretically, this is a call. Uh, so I have to defer to something. Because I just don't know what the hell's going on. Like, maybe he never has bluffs here. Maybe he's over bluffing here. I don't know. <laughs> but at some point, I'm going to have to have a hand to pay to find out. Yeah, you had one. So I paid. Yeah. Uh, I got shown the bad news. Pretty unfortunate spot for me. Um, and it's kind of annoying, too, because uh, it allows... Well, it kind of like punishes me <clears throat> in the early stages of the, the heads-up match when hands like this happen, because it's going to swing things very heavily back into his favor. Like It's, it's basically corrective variance. Um, where if this role is reversed and we played the exact same line, uh, there's just a good chance that Nick like 
would just overfold versus this play. Uh, or just like, you know, not raise 10-9 on the turn, whatever. And uh, no matter what, like, basically it's not going to be uh, an even exchange. But, you know, there are a lot of other areas where you're just accumulating chips over and over and over and over based off of those same exact tendencies. So you just kind of live with it. it. It looks bad on paper because like the three largest pots that we've played are going his way. And they're all based off of like these weird fucking erratic river decisions. Um, but you know, it, that, that's kind of the nature of the match, right? Like there will just be <clears throat> spots where I have nuts in that same scenario. One of the two, are you going to win the big pots? Well, yeah. I mean, like, here's the <laughs> thing. Like he bet 150,000 of his 280, right? Or his 290 uh, with a seven high flush where I literally could have just been raising turn with like jack eight of spades. Yeah. You know, flop straight with the jack right. high flush uh, and just, you know, snap him off on the river. I could have like king jack of spades or I could have uh, whatever. There are a lot of combo ace draws. Ace deuce of spades. Yeah, ace deuce of spades is a great one. Uh, turn bottom pair and you, you start to turn it into a bluff. There's, there's a lot of like overflush scenarios here mm. where he loses max as opposed to, you know, playing the river normally, yeah, facing well, a large bet, and then just calling. Well, that's why you don't call the turn with seven high. Right. There's a, there's a, I was just going to say, there's a lot of other good scenarios where, like, he calls the turn, the river's a brick, and you, like, give up on a bluff and win. Like, right. you, you, like, give or, up, you give up on... Or, like, like, the river's a jack, and he spaz bluffs, and I just still have 10-9 and go, you just, okay, mm, yeah, I, I call. But, like, there's, there's definitely going to be spots there where he, he forces himself into a give up because the river is, like, another complete break like a four yeah yeah and what is he gonna do like donk a f like right. donk jam a four right, and right, just right. get snapped by all your value like right there's nothing he can do yeah. Yeah, just, yeah. He, he checks he loses to your bluffs and it's the like, uh it's just, just kind of torching the annoying river card because right. his turn mistake was so big and the yeah. logic of like call it peeling to try to spike and then quote unquote giving up if you miss is just putting in way too much money in on the turn that you just let it go now right yeah well, one for the good guys, you know. Well, what he are won. you gonna do? He's, yeah, it's the he's bad the, guy. No, he's the good guy. Oh, uh, <laughs> is it break time yet? <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. So now it's break time. Right, right. I had to go pee. That was that was the end of uh, session one. Um, we spent the next <laughs> spent the next thirty hours in the bathroom. Um, so moving into session two, why is this not loading? What? What's I going by the on way, yes, yesterday's podcast. It, the suggestion of just playing in the bathroom cracked me up. <laughs> that I laughed so hard. When Imagine if he's just like on a on a on a whirly chair and yeah. he turns around, whips his dick out, and just pisses in the <laughs> urinal, like on the turn, facing an overbet. Oh hold up, hold up, let me cook. Let me pee. Let me pee. I got a tinkle, just bro. Let him pee. I got a tinkle. Uh, okay, so now we're moving into session two. You're gonna notice a theme. Uh, all these sessions start off with me just absolutely going winning. hard and winning yep. a bunch, and then ending yeah. with me getting wrecked in some big yeah. hand yeah. every halfway through every session we're all like in the group chat going like oh he's gonna win 600k today like, <laughs> right like, yeah <laughs> or we're gonna break even i think nick has been like uh in in the in the black like like positive about 10 percent or, or or 10 minutes of the 20 hours that you played yeah the last he's 10 like, minutes of session three right yeah, yeah it's the it. only time he's been winning that's since true he's been playing no, that part's true. Um, so yeah, session one ended at my peak. I was up 450. We ended up winning 133.5. Um, moving into session two now, uh, we start this hand about uh, a quarter million effective. I have jack nine of diamonds on the button. Um, single raise pot. So I opened to 1500 at this point. Uh, he calls, comes king jack seven, or sorry, king seven six, uh, two diamonds. So we flop the jack high flush draw. He checks. We stab, he calls, turn, 
offsuit 10 uh giving us now a really strong a nice hidden double gutter big hand uh big big hand so big. double gutted flush draw he checks uh i go for the big bet here of uh pot ish uh actually it's exactly pot with the ante in there um he continues again and on the river we find the old five of diamonds uh he checks it over to us we're gonna go for the big bet again betting i think 22.5 so one and a half x pot uh and he very quickly called me in that one and again had to relieve himself afterwards <laughs> um not sure what his hand is here i assume just like a king maybe an improved king by the end uh so a king Look five king six type of hand uh maybe a six five type of hand would make a lot of sense he can also have he can have stuff like 10 8 with the eight of diamond like that that might yeah consider bluff catching well that's yeah 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 single race pot you're right it just depends on the speed if you called fast you probably didn't have something along those lines more like the yeah you called pretty quickly yeah. um yeah i i would imagine you know it's tough to know whenever we don't see his hand uh but i imagine like you know the, 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 here's the thing like these hands just happen right like a lot yeah. like you just bluff catch you get you get shown better. Yeah, it's heads move up on. in the limit. <laughs> yeah. Um, but a nice 60K pot, nonetheless, moved in our favor. Kind of a, a crazy spot to, a, like, it's just it's like a standard line, small bet flop, pot turn. And you get to the river and there's like a 17 SPR still. Like, yeah. Did, did you consider betting like 5X pot or something crazy? Like, no. Uh, Nick did that later. Yeah. No, right, yeah. Yeah, he did that later. Um, I, I mean, I guess the thing is, is I don't want to go too far into foreign territory mm -hmm. whenever it comes to, like, these SRPs. Sorry, these single raise pots. Um, just based off of the fact that, like, it's another thing for me to overconsider then, right? Because mm -hmm. we, we all know what the natural response is. And this isn't even like uh, a shot at Nick or anything like that. This is just going to be true across the board. Mm -hmm. If you start 500%ing pot or start uh, betting 5x pot on river, you're just going to get a lot of folds, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So the purpose behind that strategically is because you are really good at curating a, a bluffing strategy here that prints mm -hmm. right and it's not that i'm not capable of that it's just that like to have that additional tool in my tool belt that i have to constantly consider as i'm building the pot on flop and turn becomes a little excessive yeah and the the more the, the deeper the spr is on the river like you say the, the bigger the bets you're making the more you have to consider very very specifically what your bluffs are what your value bets are mm -hmm. and you start to get to the point where like if you were to bet like 4x pot or 6x pot or something like that, you, you, you reach the level where like certain specific combinations of flushes now become like less, less valuable because you're blocking the stuff that you're blocking the very tiny portion of bluff catches they might have, which right. can actually call yeah, yeah, yeah. that bet size. Yeah. So like if you size up so massively, individual cards in your hand start to matter so much that it becomes incredibly difficult to actually construct a strategy yeah and the solver if you run that spot through the solver it's gonna it's gonna want to do like some insane amount of mixing and it's gonna have to be very very particular about exactly what bluff combos it uses and it's just impossible for a human to actually do that yeah uh i i've done a fair amount of like two and a half x and three x potting on river um with you know relatively deep sprs like mm -hmm. 10 plus sprs um and across the board they're just almost uniformly uh generate folds mm -hmm. so it's like uh it, it's definitely a part of the strategy and it's something that i'll continue to execute but i also just kind of know that it's not going to yield a huge return unless i'm massively over bluffing it which 
I'd like to attempt to not be doing, but yeah, you yeah. know, well, we'll like, see. The nature of splitting sizes in general allows you to then bucket and have good hands in two different nodes. Right. Where now if you start adding an extra node of betting more, a lot of your good hands go into that node mm -hmm. and aren't present in other ones. Yeah, yeah. So if you have four different sizes and you're trying to balance all of them and then you end up with call it like two pair and then choose the wrong size and then get raised or have the wrong hand size in the wrong bucket and then break down the overall strategy of your own when you get face back with aggression you're now in these weird territorial spots where you have too many things going on at once where you don't have enough good hands in a certain line mm. because you're busy splitting them across four different sizes it's like already enough branches you don't need to right. add more branches. so if you have yeah. i mean to be fair though the, the larger you get the the less good hands you actually need to include that's true because people are so risk averse and yeah. don't call often enough there's just like if you just went like pot and a half with your value and like 5x pot with your bluffs, you'd be doing just fine, man. <laughs> you'd be doing just yeah. fine. Yeah, until they call. Yeah, when they call, they call. You know, yeah. whatever. Someone called. Fucking YOLO. Let's go. <laughs> um, all right, this hand's like pretty standard, but uh, I felt like it was pretty indicative of like the overall pace of the match, I would say. Um so his standard T-bet size is 1K into 28, uh, which, you know, is what it is. It's the only size that he really uses. Uh, so this is a single raise pot. We defend ace-jack off. Comes queen-jack four, two diamonds, one heart. Check, 1K into 28. We call. Turn is the four of spades. Really good card for him. I uh, would expect to see a lot of barreling here. Check. He checks back. River, five of clubs. So now, obviously, like, he's pretty capped here. And... Uh, he's never going to have better than ace-jack, I don't think. Uh, or actually, I shouldn't say that. He's never going to have a better um, better middle of range, right? Because like we're just at the top with, with the ace-kicker. He'll certainly have some like protected queen-x that he checks back, but like we're just okay with that, I think, when we get value cut here. Uh, I went for full pot, and he very quickly called me and then looked at me like I had four heads. <laughs> when I turned over the old ace jack, uh, couldn't he, believe it, huh? I think he was surprised I didn't three bet it. To be honest, mm. I, I think that was what yeah. had him a little mm -hmm. miffed. Yeah, if you're not value owning yourself in heads up moment poker, you're not value betting enough yeah, no, as is. Sure. Yeah, so and like that's, that's true in just almost any format. Like if you if you're unwilling to put yourself in a spot where you value bet river and you get called by better, you're mostly probably not value betting. Yeah, what I really noticed about Heads Up is uh, just the massive differences between sizes or, or in sizings. Um, everything is scaled upwards, right? So like pot just becomes like a really standard size where when you're playing ring, that starts to get into the echelon of like your, your highest equity hands start to fit into pot more often. And you know, like one and a half X pot is like really polar sizing. But Heads Up, it's just like, you know, you kind of like start at three quarters pot, yeah, like and then normal, you just like work yeah. your way up to like five to ten Let's, x pot. We, we we can we cannot pretend that blocks don't exist. No, yeah, of course they do, but uh, blocks are blocks are never really allocated for the sense of uh, this is what's going to earn the most chips. You're not targeting pairs with blocks, right? You're targeting the weaker parts. Yeah, but sometimes you just have such dust in your range that you don't want to invest like a pot size bet, but you go B25 and you hope that jack high starts folding. Yeah, And yeah. now you're kind of printing in that regard. Yeah, and then you have like some other hands that induce type of... It's it's kind of like the the exact opposite of like polarization, right? It's it's uh, more so like framing some something in the middle where it's like, well, this hand... Or I have a bunch of hands that are only worth a little bit and then I have a few hands in here that are on the sneak 
that I'm going to dare you to raise me with. Right. And, uh, you know, we're going to move on from there. Yeah. It's just a matter of trying to target the A-size too. Because like once you start potting, opponents allowed to start folding king highs. Start yeah, yeah. Folding ace highs in some yeah. spots where you beat 25. Now they have this indifference point where if you start folding king high too much, you're just getting murdered in these small pots where you just have to kind of look them up and see what they have. Yeah, that's that's such a crazy thing about heads up is like just how often you're investing money with like ace and king high versus bets. Yeah. Like it's definitely very easy to inherently bluff too much when you're playing heads up because especially if you're a full ring type player where you have 10 high, jack high, queen high and you think, oh man, I have to bluff this high of queen high. But in reality, you're only playing against one other person. Yeah. And in your case, it's, it's in an anti-game yeah. 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 where someone's playing the whole deck. <laughs> Queen eye's pretty good. Yeah, it's a yeah. little bit like blind against blind in tournaments. Like in situations like that where it goes like limp check, you're now in a spot where it's like if you, you just like fold queen high on the flop, like you're folding a lot of equity. Yeah. Like queen high is strong. Like ranges are infinite at that point. Yeah, they're yeah. very, very wide right. for sure. Um, okay, next oh, hand. Did you, uh, good. Would you have had any donk bets on that turn? On the four? Yeah. I think less so on the four. I mean, I guess you could, but I would be leading middle pair more, like the jack. It feels like, I almost feel like in heads up, though, the four becomes a better donk than the jack because heads up, like a lot of his jack X bets flop where it wouldn't necessarily in a ring. And then hmm. his four X becomes the stuff that is more likely to check back flop heads up. Where now, when the four pairs the turn, you have all your four X and he has like very little now. So it feels like a turn yeah. where maybe, maybe you can have some donks. Yeah, probably true. Oh, yeah. These middle and bottom card pairs are pretty good for out of position. It's yeah. like you're check calling with some of these hands most of the right. time and not raising them. But you don't have to do it by any means. Um, all right. Hand number three from session two. We pick up the queen nine of diamonds. Uh, th this hand is just a little bit gangster. We, we took it to the streets here. Uh, so we pick up queen nine of diamonds on the button. Open. Single raise pot, uh, so 1,500 each, 3,400 in the middle. Jack 10, nine, two clubs and a spade. Uh, we flop a pair and an open ender, but obviously like not really a great board that we want to be super aggressive on. Check, check, uh, happy to protect range with a hand like this. Turn, three of diamonds. Uh, he is going to check again. Uh, we're gonna double delay here. I think that like building a pot with a hand this week is probably just an issue. Rivers, the deuce of clubs completing the flush. Uh, I think it completed the flush. Honestly, I just wrote all black whenever I sent the hand history to you guys. So it could have been two spades in a club it, on the flop. It probably did complete the flush because I remember you saying, you're, I remember you mentioning the ace of clubs. In, yeah, you, I did, it. But, it, but he also had a three. So he turned a pair into a bluff. Oh, I thought, I thought he had like ace six or something. Oh, maybe he did. Actually, I thought that's uh, what you said hold had. on, I have notes. So you might be right. Uh, okay, yeah, you're right. It was ace of clubs, okay. six of whatever, six of spades. So yeah, yeah, it probably was the flush completing card. Yeah, that makes more sense. Uh, so he checked the third time. This might be too thin. It is. It's probably too thin. Uh, <laughs> what what do you think our worst value bet is here in theory? Uh, probably like a, a good ten. ten. Yeah, ten with a club. Yeah, you have to have a club because you don't want him to raise you. Yeah, that's fair. Um, at least theoretically. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty reasonable. Yeah, I'm not really sure what I was even targeting, honestly. Whenever I value bet the river, I just I don't know. I had a sense that I was getting called too lightly, and that uh, I had a good hand on the end. You did that creed. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I feel like you're you're targeting a three. You're targeting a worst nine, right? Like he yeah. he, can, he can definitely still have some like nine five like that, that stuff that's not going to be able to fold to one bet. 
Yeah, I guess uh, inherently what it was is that when he checked three times, I just felt like he had showdown value. And I just felt like yeah, my showdown I, value was better. I agree. So I kind of went for it. Mm -hmm. um, and I got punished uh, as he went for a big 150% pot raise. Um, but it kind of just stunk, man. It's just like, <laughs> you're telling me that you checked the nut flush draw three times here mm -hmm. yeah. and then went for the check. It's possible. You could. Yeah, it's possible. Definitely possible, but it seems a lot more likely that you just had ace high, thought yeah. you had showdown value. And right. And even any flush there, like people are so inclined to not anticipate a high frequency of bets when they check the river for the third time. Yeah. That people just don't, for the most part at least, they don't want to check their value because they're too afraid of it going check, check. Like that, the, feeling, right. the feeling of having like the nuts and having it just be a check down to the river, mm. that really sucks. And yeah. most people are like, if they check twice and they still don't face a bet, they're like, okay, now I have to bet because I really don't want to check a third time. And then he just checks back and I'm like, how did I win nothing with the nuts? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I feel like people just, I think he just, he bets a lot of his flushes probably doesn't have the like patience to, to check with the intent to check raise and all we win. Yeah. This would have been a spot where I get fucking wrecked if he has like a two pair type of hand and just like got super yeah. greedy. Yeah. Cause there, that's a reasonable river check. Therein lies the issue with thin value bets when you play people that raise. Yeah. Is that's true. If you play someone that doesn't raise, you can thin value bet because you get raised if nuts. And if they raise you too much, now you have these indifferent spots where you get punished for being at the bottom of your range too much because yeah. that's what thin value is, right? You're right. Yeah. value betting with the bottom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, whatever. Uh, in this instance. Whatever, we got uh, him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, we, we got him. I'm probably, okay, I'm probably making errors. Look, I'm going to make a bunch of errors, so I, I don't mind uh, putting them out on display here from time to time. But uh, Not a heads-up player. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. I only I, play one on TV. I love Landon's reactions every time you play a hand like this because it's always like, there was one where he was like, get absolutely fucked. It was actually, it was actually that all hand. Cap. I actually cap. can't wait till like we could have uh, pigtails do a reading of the chat. Oh yeah. Oh man. It's going to be absolutely great. Yeah. <laughs> Highlights of the group chat. Well, like, cause that's one of those spots where, you know, it's way too thin of a value bet, but you're operating under the instance that an up blocker is going to use too much. Mm -hmm. So now you're just going to be like, okay, we're just going to play some poker and, I hope I'm right. Yeah. Sometimes you got to take it to the streets, right. man. And when, you you're, and when you're right, they get absolutely fucked. <laughs> yeah. So when, when he was when he would bluff and you would call, did he rolled his hand over a lot or like yeah? Like I mean, I hold my hand. I know. Yeah, I guess so. He to see your hand, he has to. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he can muck. I mean, he can yeah. muck. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy to muck. Yeah, too. like Nick's right. not gonna tell Matt you're good, and Matt's gonna flip over his hand. Like, no, show me your fucking cards. No, not today. No, I understand that, but I'm saying, like, does he ever just muck? No. 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 Because he also Cause he wants, wants to do a match. He, yeah, he probably hand. wants to see my hand right, too. Right, it's right. worth a lot. Yeah, because yeah. like if he calls and like has a six and doesn't mm. know that Matt has queen nine and then just mucks, yeah. Yeah. right? It's yeah. just like, oh shit, right. okay, he could have just had a very reasonable hand to bet call. Right, like, like a jack he, with the club. He should right. feel both better and worse about his bluff when he sees my hand. Fun. Yeah, right. Yeah, right, right it's just exactly. like, oh, what a good bluff. Like, yeah. That hand should have not been indifferent, but a pure fold. Uh, <laughs> well, it is. And then he like, called me. Yeah, he, he didn't fold, therefore I got wrecked. Right. Therefore I feel bad. Right, yeah. Mm -hmm. So you, you, Which means you suck because you call it the hand that correct. shouldn't. So we've gone full circle here to this was my fault. Yep. <laughs> I accept full blame. You correctly called yep. with a hand that was wrong. Right. So, mm -hmm. you know, Make of that way. Exactly. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Perfect. <laughs> uh, so speaking of getting fucked, we end the session now on a bang. A break. Uh, a break. So we play a four-bet pot where I open ace-king, 
to 1500 he three bets to uh i think he went larger this time because we were super deep no he picked the standard 4800 uh i make it 20k with ace king off flop comes 985 rainbow we see check check um i think you know our hand probably plays a bit of a mix on this type of texture turn offsuit five uh we block the ace five suited which is nice he checks i think i could probably stab here um I, I can't really explain it. Just the way the game was flowing and everything else, I, I just thought that uh, it was a little bit too thin and I would only be getting worse to fold, which isn't really the desire here. Uh, so I chose to check back again. Uh, River, Ace of Diamonds, and he checks a third time. And here's where I really screw the pooch. I get super greedy. Um, so I think, in theory, I'm probably supposed to bet like somewhere between like half and full pot maybe um so yeah like three quarters pots probably ideal uh i just went for pot and a half because like magic ace gonna have too many bluffs have the nut ace here yada 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 but like thinking about it more uh i think it's very reasonable for him to check ace eight and ace nine three times I think it's pretty reasonable for him to check full houses three times. Um, and outside of me just having an ace-king versus ace-queen type scenario, I'm not sure that like he's super pumped to pay with all of his suited aces that have gotten here this, this way, nor does he like always forget to bluff when he has like ace-6, ace-7, ace-10, those types of hands that have like some board coverage. Uh, so I think I got like a little bit too greedy and that would have been okay if I had just folded. Um, but I went pot and a half, uh, 60K into 40 and he clicks it on me God. with only a pot size shove behind to begin with. So, uh, I make it 60 and we're like, like, you know, 250 or sorry, uh, we're like 200 back. So it's literally just a pot size shove. Like I thought I would only face call or jam, call jam or fold rather. Yeah, his him him not jamming is dust. Here. Yeah. It's so then so I get bad. clicked on, and I'm just like, "What the fuck is this?" The board, like, there's no ace five suited left. The board in my hand have reduced it to zero. Mm -hmm. Um, and honestly, if we had played, we played a pot on session three. That if I had played it on session two, I would have just for sure folded here because he showed up with six five suited in a four bet pot. Where it's like, okay, well, if I knew that, then he certainly has more five x here mm -hmm. than I gave him credit for. Um, he probably barrel the turn. Yeah, maybe, but like you know, I could see double checking that hand, gut shot, yeah. bottom trips. You know, you're doing it's like pretty top of range though, where it's like you need money now. You're still gonna have some high cards at call. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't. Like you probably want to sneak with like nines and eights more so than yeah five. Yeah, yeah, but. Well, I think 6-5 is particularly magical, I guess, because, you know, you just let Jack-10 draw. Oh, I guess that's not a good thing. Never mind. Yeah, yeah never it's, mind. I was thinking it's that kind of, It's kind of funny because if Ace-King is your uh, weakest value bet for 150 and you get clicked on, your range probably turns into, like, Ace-King and Aces on River for yeah. a jam. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> But yeah. now you're trying to get someone right. to fold... Like, not eights, because eights just kind of have to run it. Yeah. But you're trying to get him to fold, like, 5x. Or, like, ace-9. Or, like, an yeah. ace-9 type, type yeah. of hand, which uh, you're asking for a lot. Yeah, I think I just should fold here. Uh, I probably would have... I, I, I thought about it. I think I do have aces in this line. I think I have ace-9 and ace-8 for sure in this line. Uh, although, I don't know how much I forbid ace-8 pre. Maybe never. Uh, ace-9 suited, maybe sometimes. 
Um, so I have some combos of value here, maybe like two or three. Uh, but every my range is like so dense to ace king, ace queen that this raise is just stinky, and I should just not bite. Save the sixty five k. I bit. He had nines or eights. Sorry, eights. he had pocket yeah, eights. Yeah. Uh, I got what I deserved. It's a tough game when it comes to having to try to think about bets and checks on flop where you're only playing so many four bet pots five bet pots in a session yeah where these hands are going to dictate the session in itself let alone the match yep where now you kind of have to think do i actually check this hand here sometimes or do i just bet it because i'm stuck yeah or do i bet this yeah. hand because i'm winning mm -hmm. <laughs> it's not yeah. even like does he bluff here because he's stuck right or like does that's the other thing yeah that's the other thing. That's is like, poker, it's baby. always at the end right. of the session. It's always at the end of the session. He's always fucking buried to the gills. And I'm trying to make decisions based off of what I think his emotions right. are. Yeah. yeah. You're because like, am like, I going to bluff catch because he's mad and then win and then make him really mad and take another break? I said, I said that at the end of uh, the last session when I got cooled off where he rivered the straight. I go, well, here's the issue. If I call and I'm wrong, you're basically even. And that's bad for me. But if I call and you're right, or if I call and I'm right, well, then you're out of chips. <laughs> and that's good for me. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't that uh, good for me, though. No, no. It wasn't that, that good for you. That line of thing is always going to lead you to a call. <laughs> I mean, I had a pure call. Yeah. Like, uh, we'll get I mean, to that hand later. Yeah. But in theory, like, you just are never folding sets. Like, Pretty tough. To give you guys... I ran it like to give you some perspective like ace 10 suited is a pure call wow really um yeah. so it's just like I mean you only have you know nah, ace 10 yeah. of clubs basically right um but anyway uh we start off session three after breaking even in session two we come back and we start off with a bang this is one of the early hands we're 100k effective uh we flop a flush with a 10 5 suited very nice yeah it's nice we appreciate it Flushes are nice. nine seven four all hearts Flop goes check 1k into oh no, sorry, check check flop. Uh, uh, check check flop, and then I check again on the turn where mm. I think he chooses big sides. Oh no, I, like I chose X. big sides. Yeah. Sorry, 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 my bad. Uh, my fault. So the turn is a 10. I go big, I go pot and a half. Um, it's gonna look a little weird on here because there's no ante, but there's 2800 in the pot, so I bet 42 into 28. Um, which felt a little bit awkward because I have a pair and a flush draw now, which generally you're going to size down a bit, but it was a straightening-ish card. I thought like it could open up a lot of equity for him if he has like queen-jack with a heart, something along those lines. Uh, and he's probably just not folding to big bets here. So we went for it. River gives me two pair, which may in and of itself been good. Um, probably. But now we have a flush. And now I really block the board pretty heavily. So like outside of him having a hand like 6-8 uh, or jack-8, um... It's going to be pretty tough for him to call massive bombs here. So I sized down. This might be wrong. Uh, and I probably should have still chosen at least like pot, I guess. Um, but I went B50, I think. Uh, Around that. I mean, that's what I wrote in this hand history. But I think I thought I chose 75% real time. But maybe not. It doesn't really matter. You think that you have, when you block the board, you think you have more incentive to actually check raise? To let him bluff like his queen jacks and king jacks and stuff for yeah checks those back maybe. i think that's a reasonable observation um i'm truly not sure uh it's definitely something to look at i think it's buffer block well i i mean i guess i kind of did i bet 50 <laughs> uh 
Sure. <laughs> the, the hot pots are block size. Blockish. Block adjacent. Yeah, block adjacent. Um, yeah, I mean, I uh, I could bet 25, especially if he has like... Because you, you want to target like blocker. a nine. You want to target like the flop pairs that aren't going to always bet, but they're not going to call big bets either. I right. mean, at least theoretically. But if he's calling I don't, too many big bets for too big of sizes, mm, you can do whatever you want. I, I think the, the issue that I have with blocks there is I feel like he probably doesn't block en- doesn't bluff enough against the block in that spot. My issue is that I don't think he raises straights. <laughs> and that's why, I, that's why I have a hard time like just strictly targeting a wow. nine yeah if you don't think he raises straights that changes that spot quite a bit because he's definitely supposed to raise straights on right like uh or at least if he does raise straights i think he would be very sensitive to having a heart with it so being like jack eight with the jack of hearts eight six with the eight of hearts something like that um where i think against block pretty much all straights would raise here uh you might even raise like some sets um yeah, set, set, I get it. Set might, thin, set might be thin. But, yeah, set's probably thin. Um, he just doesn't have many sets anyway. Right, right. Well, yeah, not when we have our hand. Right. But, but I'm just e- saying, like... E- either way, like, he's not checking sets on flop very much. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. He wouldn't check a flop set, and he probably doesn't have tens. Um, so, yeah, it would just be, like, exactly fives, which would never even get there. So, yeah, no sets even in range. No set, no bet. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I was basically just... I, I hedged. It's not a good. It's not a good size. Maybe it is, though. Yeah, maybe it is, but it's probably not. <laughs> Honestly, making the two pairs shook me a little bit. I was ready to go full pot, and then I made two pair, and I'm just like, well, what the fuck, man? Like, I have the board on lockdown. Here. Yeah, I'm less inclined to uh, <clears throat> to want to bet when I have so many cards, especially, like, over cards yeah, to the board. Yeah, I had a seven-card hand. Yeah, you had a big hand. So, like, you're blocking the hands that you want to recall with, and most of his range would be, like, some pot- potentially protected 9x checkbacks. Mm-hmm. So targeting those uh, would be nice. And then versus block, he is definitely supposed to find some raises with the queen jack, queen of hearts type stuff. Which oh, yeah, for are sure. very definitely findable, yeah. right? Especially if you, he thinks that your range is too weak for the block size because you front load all of your value for bigger ones. Yeah. But poker's hard. He yeah. calling with... Uh, well, you didn't see we don't something. know. Um, could have potentially been like an overpair with a heart. Yeah. Uh, maybe a turn 10. You're a lot of credit to check back and overpair with the heart. Yeah, but I mean, you know, it's a very reasonable check back. Yeah. You just know. message him real quick, ask him what, what sure. he had in that game. That's why you suck a dick again. He could, have, he could have also just had, like, black deuces or something stupid. Right. Like, yeah. just, just decided, fuck you, you have the ace of, ace of hearts or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why heads up is actually really fun. Yeah, it kind of is. How much fun have you had playing the match itself? Zero. <laughs> Zero okay, fun, let's, sir. Let's I thought you had how, some how fun. much fun would you have had if it didn't mean you had to spend time with Nick Abel? Um, like if well, you're playing spend, heads up against someone else. I don't. I don't know. Spending time with him is not an issue. We literally don't say a fucking word to each other. Okay. Uh, Guapa was. Uh, you, you can tell your story. Confirmed. I was playing uh, a little one three, and one of the dealers comes by because everybody kept asking, "Hey, what's going on? What's going on?" And she said, "You know." they're not talking to each other and it seems like they're not getting along. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. That's so innocent. It seems yeah. like they're not getting along. Yeah, it's like, no, they don't get along. That's a very watered down way. It was of, an of astute observation. It. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is Good very read true. from the dealer. Um, but yeah, like we don't say a word. So the only annoyance is that we take a break every 20 minutes. Oh, fair like, enough. If I could play 60 hands in a row, uh, I would enjoy myself a little bit more. But no, I mean... Uh, I enjoy 
thinking on the fly i really enjoy like the freestyle aspect that heads up allows you to have like yeah. obviously the most technical players in the world are the best because they're super technical but they have to be because they're playing against someone else who's super technical mm-hmm. here i'm trying to figure out like what this monkey is fucking 150 percent potting river with after check calling or bet calling turn and the flush card falls you know yeah. it's just like I, this guy's throwing shit against the wall and i'm the one sitting here getting cleaning it up off my face yeah i mean it's been really interesting breaking down hands in the group chat because there are like we're you know we're talking about it from a theoretical perspective but there's also this practical element of like there are a bunch of spots where he could be doing stuff that's so way far away from theory on the earlier streets that it completely fucks up the turn and river yeah 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 it's fun it's fun because like you know it's live too so right. uh if i'm good at anything i i think it's like kind of sussing out my environment and and having an idea of like where the tendencies are coming from even over a sample of a couple hundred hands uh or maybe nearing a thousand at this point depending on how long these breaks are taking but uh, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah maybe when it's all said and done i'll look back and i will have enjoyed it more but i think in the moment in the mix of all of this i i'm annoyed uh at how it came to be um i'm annoyed at like having to defend my my character and shit like that uh and i just am super focused on like wanting to absolutely bash and you know just maximize the the amount of pain that can be uh felt here sitting across one another over 100 hours yeah we're believe me we're all rooting for pain too we're already 20% of the way through I would like to stop being the one in pain I mean for having a lead here I come home very sad most days Mm -hmm. Uh, it's not not really fun what might have been (laughs) yeah I think the hopium and the optimism is is really the killer Um, All right, so let's get into session 3 this was an early hand Uh, I doubled early I can't recall what the first big pot was uh, it may have been the the king nine. It might have been the king nine bluff. I'm not going to cover that one again. Doug got the details all correct on that, so I, I don't think there's any reason to to rehash it. But uh, we arrive at this spot. We're about a quarter million deep again. Uh, single raise pot. He opens. I defend ten five of diamonds. It comes ten of spades, six of diamonds, four of diamonds. So we flop top pair and a flush nice draw. Flop. Really nice flop. Backdoor straight draw two. Uh, check one k into twenty eight. Call turn four. Um, I did consider a lead in this particular spot, uh, but think my hand doesn't really need to or Did you, did or you want consider to. check raising flop? Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that on these textures in particular, <clears throat> he follows through a lot with big bets okay. and I can't think of many better hands than what I have. Uh, I think I would just prefer to, um, I would prefer to check raise if I'm going to go like the pair flush draw route. Uh, maybe something that doesn't have as many backdoor properties, something yeah, like King Ten fair. of Diamonds, perhaps, yeah. where I could also just like outkick them with mm-hmm. uh, my top pair. Yeah, your hand retain, retains equity well through a call call line, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't want to, I don't want to get like worse to fold and then just get called by better tens and get wrecked yeah, that's when I don't improve. Um, so turn, I do face the overbet. He bet seventy six hundred into forty eight hundred. Uh, we obviously are not going anywhere with top pair and a flush draw. Easy call. River is the five, giving me now the winning 10 if I'm up against the 10. Um, but of course, I lose to any four, any full house, uh, any seven, eight, and any overpair. Uh, seven, eight being a pretty reasonable 
and to double barrel and take this line with, I think. Oh, yeah. Uh, especially if you unblock diamonds. Uh, so we check a third time, and he hits us with the first massive overbet. We've seen a lot of like 150% pot, maybe even a little bit of 200%. He goes 250. So uh, 50K into 20. Um, this was a tough spot. Uh, I don't think by any stretch I have like a layup call here. Um, but with his sizing, I don't know how much over pairs are getting fit into this size. Uh, it seems tough, right? Yeah, not, probably not much. Yeah, it seems tough because like a 10 becomes... A 10 for this size is too thin. Well, I'm just... No, no, I'm saying a 10 is definitely indifferent at this size. Oh, sure. For my calling range. Sure, I'm talking about in position. Yeah, yeah, of course he never has a 10. So like me having the two pair now only matters in the sense that I block houses. Yeah. Uh, so I block 5-4 and I block 5s, which is pretty important, I would think. Maybe even more important than having the 10 itself. Um, but you also block 10-4 and 10s full, which is both of those are good. Yeah. I don't know if he's opening 10-4 off on the button, but yeah. yeah Probably is. He might. Um. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, obviously, like having the the blocker to the board is is nice. Uh, it really comes down to is he doing this with like aces, kings, queens, and jacks? Uh, and it's like all I could really arrive at is like if so, it's probably a small frequency because if I just start folding a lot of tens, uh, then I the next the next grouping that I'm calling with is like trips. Yeah, my inclination here, when a hand feels rather uncomfortable to make a decision when it comes to a continue, mm. not a decent hand to, uh, to jam. Oh, I was never playing jam. You know, because like, you just block boats, you do very... I, I was thinking that too. I'm glad you said that first, because I was like, I, I might jam here. Yeah, because you don't have a six very much when you fold the turn. Like, you're probably folding a turn a bit with a six, mm. like especially the bat. Like, you're not going to have six five. The five being bad, so you're never going to be a right. two pair with six five, right, right. and your boat's going to be ten four six four, yeah. uh, five four. If you're not going to raise the turn with the five with the trips when you overbet, so it's yeah. like if you are going to have a bluff call, and ten six is a little bit better than uh, ten six is better than ten five to call with. Well, maybe you want ten six to bluff jam, even though it's better than ten five because you block sixes. Mm -hmm. You know, because mm -hmm. fives that he never has a ten fives in this line. Unlikely, but he could. He's probably not doubling five to so an overbet on the turn. Unlikely, On 10-6-4-4. Yes. Four, four. So Very it's unlikely. like, maybe you want to call 10-5 more, bluff 10-6, even mm. though 10-6 is better, but they're still kind of the same when his value range is what it is. Right, right. I, I think we have less 10-6, though, because we check raise 10-6 a lot on flop. Yeah, it's possible. You probably mix it, especially if you have, like, 10-diamond-6. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're yeah. probably going to want to call more, and then yeah, you have, yeah. like, 10-6 without. Definitely going to have some raises. So, like, frequency-wise, uh, you also might even start folding some 10-5, like depends like when he overbets turn like theoretically you can be very very selective as to how you continue because mm -hmm. it's pretty likely the board is going to change or you're going to face another barrel yeah right so it's possible i would i wouldn't be surprised to see if your hand mixes some jams mm -hmm. on the end yeah, but maybe it mixes like call and jam i, I can see think, that or you don't pure take one action or another we we have a we have a really nice hand for not only do we block some of the boats, but we also, we unblock all of the stuff that we're trying to keep indifferent. Like we un, like seven, eight is now indifferent against a jam because it doesn't have a boat, right? It doesn't block any boats. You know, seven, eight now, when we check jam, seven, eight is like a complete cage and we unblock that completely. We unblock all the bluffs. We unblock any kind of overpair or the lower straight, like the seven, three or something like that, that might, um, might decide to, to use that size on the river. So it just I'm not sure if nice. seven eight is. I, I'm sure it's. I'm sure it's indifferent, but I. I would imagine it leans towards 
call what do you think exactly. calls more seven eight or four x I, think I would 4X. assume 4X would call yeah. more because it blocks your boats. Yeah, right. you're repping that's boats. Fair. That's what. That's kind of what. That's I was true. Basing I'm forgetting that, that the range construction has so many offsuit combos that right. like I'm just gonna have six four five four. Yeah, exactly. Those this types is, this of is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm thinking he's like his bluff catches against a jam. Like it's really hard for him to call with a straight that doesn't block a house. Like right. he, like to have 4X is way better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's very yeah. reasonable. I think that jam becomes a much better option if you think that your opponent is value betting too thin. Mm -hmm. What if you think he's right. always taking jacks and aces to the face for two and a half X pot, now taking this hand and making him feel like shit is yeah, the yeah. way to go. Mm -hmm. uh, right, so that's like that's what I couldn't in. figure out in real time. That's why I started with that is uh, I don't know how much overpairs are getting fit into this size. Uh, and when I, when I kind of arrived that I didn't think it was happening often, my hand felt really good to call. Yeah. Like that just like very naturally felt like, oh, okay, well, I'm not really getting owned here much outside of seven, eight. Right. I mean, if you do decide to take the jam route, 4X for him isn't even feeling that happy too. True. Right? Mm -hmm. It's like you're saying you have 6-4, 10-4, So if you're doing that, you want you probably want to match your bluffs to be around the same mm -hmm. type of thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, we got anyways. Little, I mean, I guess we got lucky then uh, through the call. He did end up having 9-8, no diamond, well, calling, which is a pretty good bluff. Calling's okay. Yeah, right? yeah no, of It's course, just a course. matter of... Do, I don't even know if jamming is good, right? I just right. think it has merit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, he's also never going to bluff with the five of diamonds or ten of diamonds in his hand, too. Correct. That's true. Nice. Uh, you got him. I don't know if that's true about the five of diamonds. He just has showdown versus enough lost draws. Yeah, that's probably true. He just that's hopes that true. you have a sex of diamonds. And he has and, enough nine eight yeah. to, to Heads off, from. it feels like when we river a pair, we mostly check where some other spots we river a pair and then we lost because yeah. we block stuff. At least in this spot, specifically, yeah. where right, yeah. you just have flush Yeah, if you're going to have diamonds, you'd probably just rather have, like, the three or the deuce. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you just want to unblock the board. Yeah, seems to make most sense. Okay, yeah, that, I thought that hand was pretty interesting. Uh, it was, and you won. Good job. One for the, <laughs> one for the bad guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the final hand of the session is the biggest hand that we've played thus far. Ugh. This ends up being a 550k pot. So we buried the lead a little bit, we guys. We don't even need to talk about um, this one. This one is a wild fucking hand so yeah. uh i open to 1500 he three bets to 6k i call flop is king of clubs six of spades three of clubs we have six of clubs six of diamonds so middle set he chooses uh like roughly third he bets 42 into 12 four uh i elect a slow play and call i could probably raise uh, my thinking in real time was that i thought he was stabbing too much here yeah fair he was and i just didn't want to fold out everything um turn magic ace this is gin for us i'm you know strapping in getting prepared to face like 2x pot and he hits us with bet 75 <laughs> um felt uh, weird felt bad felt like it could be aces uh some of the time like fit into that size uh also felt like you know it could just be fucking nothing like you know eight high type of hands where he's setting up to triple. Uh, in any event, like he bets 15K into like 20,800. Uh, 20, and I decided to slow play another street and just go for big river value. I, I like this because he either has the super nothing like you're talking about, or mm. he has the scarier hands that you're concerned about mm -hmm. when he chooses B75. Because mm -hmm. yeah. right? most of the time he's like ace king or something like that, he probably is going to go for an overbet. Yeah, well, what, what was clear to me is, like, I don't know what his hand is. I don't know how much equity his hand possesses, but it seems like it doesn't care much about protection. So it's like when you have bottom set, 
uh, or middle set, I guess. It's like, well, on one hand, that is uh, kind of scary because the hands that don't need protection are better sets than yours. But on the other hand, it kind of sucks because you don't just have him like fucking value owned here. Yeah. Where he has like ace king or ace six or ace three and you're just about to stack him. It just right. depends how he's bucketing right. in that regard. Mm -hmm. If yeah, he yeah. only has like the GO2 size on the turn, which would make sense, then aces would want to fit into the check just mm. because it blocks all of it and you're still going to go for value with your, good, with your really good hands. Right, right, if yeah. he's king, he's probably want to go for the bet because he unblocks the ace Correct. that you're floating yeah. with. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so when he goes to B75, it's kind of like a hedge. It's like a hedgy mix yeah. where it's like, okay, you probably have like something reasonably, reasonably decent if you're betting 75 or you have straight nothing. And if I raise, you're probably folding both of those things. Mm -hmm. So it well, doesn't really give too much, uh, stacking too, much too much credence. Well, yeah, like if, he has, if he has super nuts. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. but if he has like the, call it, weaker ace and you just go for a geo two raise yeah. oh yeah yeah like he's probably yeah. gonna fold it in theory my hand pure raises yeah uh but in theory like we play one percent raise frequency on turn so it's like sixes, you mostly raise flop it, it's right yeah it's literally only like sixes and threes uh that would ever choose to raise mm -hmm. yeah uh you, you ever like four or five of clubs or no in theory or in, in practice theory. uh in theory no you only have set yeah there's just no bluff <laughs> because you just don't it's 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 basically zero it's not know? real yeah it's it, a rounding like, it feels like another spot a bit like the 10 9 7 5 hand where like it's a brick turn where he's supposed to bet really big and he doesn't bet that big and now the whole tree gets kind of messed up because he has a less polarized range than he's probably supposed to yeah Which means now we we have raises in a spot where theoretically we're not yeah really i mean at depth like, like you know being able to push a wider range through to the next street not all that bad mm -hmm. especially if uh i'm not responding with raises um yeah so it's just you know we're in the streets man it's just predicated on bet size because if he goes b25 on turn you definitely have raises mm -hmm. yeah. you just need to get more money right, right but when he chooses that size it's like okay yeah it's kind of whatever close. all right show me show so me we, buddy yeah so we get to the river the river's the ten of hearts uh-huh <laughs> uh and it real it rolls off and i go okay that's that's an interesting card so um you know we're probably going to face something between like three quarters pot and pot and a half like am i raising here how much am i raising the larger size versus small and then i look and he's all in it <laughs> just hit you for 5x pot i was like well that eliminates pot. that problem i guess i don't have to raise anything did he leave a big blind behind like a tournament <laughs> <laughs> that'd be so uh, gangster yeah. um i tanked for an obscene amount of time uh my is, my immediate instinct was just like fold just fold this is probably one of your only super long tanks right? yeah like i don't know match. if i tanked for he longer had a few, than right every every time that Every time he yeah, tanked, honestly, all of his long tanks resulted in folds. Which one hundred percent of them yeah. actually, um, and then a bathroom break. Do you, uh, <laughs> that was the sequence. This is a little off topic, but do you think the long tanks are also part of the obvious yeah. stalling strategy that? Oh, I'm I do. Oh, so I know I for a fact. Uh, I've I've just because he ended all in in folds. I've played with him enough yeah. that he goes through this like two or three minute long routine. And then always folds. Yeah. So there have been plenty of times, both bluffing and value betting on the river, mm -hmm. where 30 seconds in, I knew for a fact he was 100% folding. But if you asked the dealer, you would, you, you would think that he was on the edge of his seat to call. Yeah. And it all started with that first hand that we reviewed today with the ace-queen, where mm -hmm. I value jammed the river. And he tanked for like eight minutes. 
before ultimately folding and saying like he had a really interesting hand. Yada yada. He started calling clock. He was. I, I thought about it. I thought about it that exact hand, and then I hadn't really thought about it since. Yeah. But I think I'm going to yeah. come full circle just and just like just two minutes clock. in, just clock him. Yeah. Just clock him. Because like he's he's arrived at a call exactly zero percent after mm-hmm. going through like this whole. He'll cut out the chips. Yeah. He'll try to decide and like. You know, the whole time I'm like, oh, he's going through all these antics to get a read on me. Like, you know, I, I have to remain as neutral as possible. Mm-hmm. But the reality is he's just 100% of the time folding. It's right. all it's all fanfare. Right? Right. It's just all fucking uh, hoops he's trying to make me yeah. jump through to ensure that right. we don't play very many like, hands. Like, if it was a mix between, like, him calling, like, sometimes he has some calls and you look and you're like, ah, it's a tough spot. Like, okay, yeah. But it's just always folding? Come on, man. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's Come on, we've man. played Come enough on, of them now. Man. We've played a dozen of these spots. Like, and there's probably been, just based on what you're saying in the chat, there's probably been 30 to 40 minutes so far of him tanking on River. For sure. Compared mm-hmm. to one hand where you tanked for and the bi- yeah. Honestly, the, and, and yours, what does that mean? And look, the biggest pots that called. we've played, the biggest right. pots we've played where yeah. he's paid me off yeah. are fast. Yeah. He pays me quickly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very quickly. I'm never in the in the cage whenever it comes to him putting chips in the middle. Right. So, like, eventually, everything that he's doing is contributing to the number of hands in this match probably being cut down by, L- like, a third. Listen, yeah. as, uh, as the self-proclaimed Ian Rappaport, of this poker match, <laughs> uh, I think that next week, this next week, will be clock gate. Yeah. So you're gonna start calling mm-hmm. clock, clock every time he takes a reasonable enount of time, call two to three minutes. Yeah. And then he's gonna get mad at the amount of times you call clock, and he's gonna start trying to take breaks again. Yeah. yeah. This, this is why I said, yeah, I, I've been saying the other day, like he's gonna find, he's gonna find a reason to quit. To Some, something's going out. to happen yeah. that is gonna demand a ruling from Phil. Bill's going to make a completely fair ruling, and then Nick is going to be like, that's bullshit, I quit. I'll yeah. stop at Big Five on the way home, get you a nice little stopwatch. I'll get you a pr- <laughs> I'm going to get you a pretty one, too. I like that. I actually like that. Put it on the table. Yep. Yeah. I, uh, I think that, yeah. I think like I'll just make river bets and just start it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Instantly. You should just show up with like a, like a Flavor Flav clock around Because <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, at this point, like, I don't even care. Call or fold. Like, I, I, it's weird. Playing heads up, knowing that like you're going to get in volume of these spots or like a reasonable amount of volume of these spots, you mm-hmm. don't sweat it as much as you do when you're playing ring where it's like, okay, this is the one time all session I'm going to get the bet 250% pot. Yeah. I hope it goes my way. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, your win rate is is dictated by these spots because they don't come up all that often or at mm-hmm. least not nearly mm-hmm. as frequently. But here it's just like we're throwing out over bets every fucking hand. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, you guys are definitely both action players where I'm sure in action like, gamble, baby. In normal like heads up situations, the amount of money that goes in from both sides in these pots is way too much. But you guys are here for in the war. Streets. This is mm-hmm. war. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, the street fight. The thing that is interesting, I, I guess, about a situation like this is that it's going did you were you conscious when you were tanking on the river of the effect that this one pot is going to have on like nick's confidence and yeah and things like that's that. why i said like, that thing out loud of like well if i call and i'm wrong you're basically right. even and that's yeah. brutal for me mm-hmm. uh, if i call and i'm right like you're gonna need to find some fucking chips yeah uh <laughs> and then i think like at some point my brain switched into like max greed or it's like, yeah, yeah. imagine if you're right. How many how many iterations did you go through, like in that fifteen? A minutes? lot, like, a lot. I was like... I was heavy, 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 heavy fold yeah. for like the first four minutes, mm-hmm. and I I mean like it took a lot of like the thing is like to be heavy fold there. You're also just like not acknowledging that your hand is absolutely a pure call in theory. Mm-hmm. It's also yeah, it's top of your range, right? It's like right. I, there's no part of me that ever like was like, well, my hand could do either. Therefore, I'll just, you know, take the cautious route this time. And, or I'll and, pick one. Yeah. At no point was I thinking that. I was like, well, this hand never folds. This hand mm-hmm. never folds, and I'm going to fold. Like, so... 
somewhere along the line, I just let the, the voice of this hand never folds greatly outweigh whatever it was that I initially felt or, or you maybe intuitively saw the first couple of minutes. Do you think that was the deciding factor? And maybe I don't want you to have to get too much into like what you think of Nick's tendencies, but like, were you calling because you sometimes beat value or because you think he no, has enough bluffs? I don't think I'd beat value there. Okay, I don't so think he jams ace so king or ace 10. Yeah, okay, fair well, enough. Because he probably doesn't. Right. I don't even think he jams aces or kings. It, it, it seems very scary when he yeah. can just get only called by... If you're expecting only to get called by queen, jack, and chop and like hope you find a free roll, right. danger. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just like kept thinking about it. It's like, well, if he just has like the queen of spades or the queen of clubs in his hand... What a great spot to just fucking rip. Like, if you just have ace-queen with a spade or club, and you're just like, I'm not so sure I have the best hand right now. But that's, a, that's such a leap, right? Because mm -hmm. ace-queen is just worth so much it's on the end. It's a big hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's a you big just hand. have a king in your hand. Really what it came yeah. down to was like, oh, well, if he just has like queen-ten of spades or queen-ten of clubs, and just rivered bottom, or third pair or whatever, and, you know, it's just not good, mm -hmm. uh, why not just be all in? Queen-ten of clubs is a beautiful hand for it. Queen ten spades too. Yeah. My only two. I only have two combos of queen jack. You only have the. I mean, I the, the, you there, was no, there was there was only one flush draw. There yeah, there's only one flush there draw. No, flop. Yeah. So you probably so I have two combos. Oh right. So oh, I, I called see. the back door. You he called. Bet, oh he bet yeah, third, yeah. Sorry. Third yeah. pot on the flop. I thought you were saying there was spades on the turn. Never no, 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 no. I'm just. I'm just saying I would have. I oh yeah. Called flop and then facing b75 at an spr of like 25 i'm probably gonna peel a gut shot. Yeah. Okay, sure. So you might have a hand that theoretically probably folds because it's hard to win. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like I would think that queen ten of clubs would be uh, much better for it and jack ten of clubs, right? Yeah, yeah, Just because right. it is very certain that you zero. have those hands. Yeah, it's yeah. near zero that I have the nuts now. Right. Yeah. I would yeah. be a very gangster. Gangster? That would be a very yeah, good Yeah, give the guy a lot of credit. But like, it shouldn't happen. You get five yeah, fucking pot, man. Yeah. So this was what, a 550k pot? A little bit over, yeah. Where does that rank in biggest pots you've played? Number one. No. Of the, no. head, of the of the match. He's played no, multiple million dollars. I think he meant, meant heads up of the match. match. I mean, oh, your the match? Career, like, oh. No, your career. Right, in my career. Uh, You've played million dollar fifty. Pots? Okay. I've yeah. played a, I, my biggest pot ever was one point seven million, I think, and I've maybe Sheesh. maybe closer to two. Wow. Was that the uh, simple hand? No, that was only a one point one million dollar yeah. pot. Only. We got 500k in on the turn. <laughs> Only a 1.1 million speaking. Dollar. There was 100k in the middle, and we got 500k in on the turn. Yeah, was your 1.7 million dollar hand heads up as well? With um, no, no, uh, no, no. I beat him slowly. It was against Marcus. <laughs> no. I, I, I probably have a dozen million dollar pots alone versus just Marcus. Gotcha. Um, but I think I think the 1.7 million dollar one was me versus Marcus versus. It might have been Aaron Zhang. Not frying pan, Marcus. I think it was. No, 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 <laughs> no. no. Marcus Rua. Um, <laughs> yeah, I had to clarify yeah. for the it, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. it ended up being a three-way all-in uh, where Marcus and I were like 800K. Uh, no, a little less. We were probably like 600K effective. And I can't remember who the third person was. Maybe it was Rui Cow. I don't know. It was, it was, it was one of the Macau players. Um, but he had like three or 400K. And I had set over set... I think I set over set Marcus. It was like an 8-5 deuce board. Uh, and I had eights, he had fives. And then the third player had like, like queen nine of diamonds for the flush draw. And mm -hmm. I just held for all of it. Wow. Um, but yeah, no, it, like between 2014 and 2016, I played a lot of seven-figure pots. Mm -hmm. uh, the game was just very, very big then. But 
since then, uh, more particularly, like, uh, where does this rank on biggest pots that I've played without having a backer? This is probably, like, top three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just played a 600K pot last week at, Bella- at Bellagio. Mm-hmm. But again, three-way all-in, so I was yeah. only at risk for... I actually wasn't at risk for anything because I had the guy dead. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's right, yeah. But the, I, uh, I lost 60K on the side. Queen's hand. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's another question. How many pots bigger than this do you think you will play the rest of the challenge? Do you think this is likely to be the biggest one? I think it would be hard to play a bigger pot, to be honest. Because it feels really hard to play bigger than half a million when mm-hmm. you're playing yeah. 400. I think it would be really hard. You would but think man, that. You would think. The money went in pretty fucking easily. Someone can find a way to these two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess I just have to like... You know, every time I arrive at River and have a really strong hand, just I'm all just in. I, if I do it enough, like eventually he's gonna get annoyed and like find a fucking call. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I'm all in. I'm Maybe all you in. just have to start I'm like 15xing pre, just to you know, just to bloat those pots. I mean, <laughs> the 5x has been going man, interestingly. Man, the, the annoying part about it is when you have top set just being top of range, and he says, "Of course I have the nuts there. I owned you." It's like I literally just had the only hand that will actually give you money. Yeah, yeah. it's well, just a matter of will I do it or not. Having, yeah. the, nut, having the nuts is right. not owning someone. Also, like, right after that, he did say like nine other hands that he would have that he would bluff. Fake oh, hands on the, fake, on the yeah. Jaffe spaces yeah. or whatever. I mean, he said he, he said he'd have queens and jacks for the club exist. on king six yeah. three ace for right. b seventy five. Jack ten. Keep cooking, bro. Keep cooking. Jack ten. Jack ten of clubs should have. Yeah. Yeah. Jack 10, Queen 10 of clubs is like the only two hands. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, you guys hear that? On that note. Hold oh, on, this just in. Breaking news. The Pittsburgh Pirates won today. They, no, they, I, I'm sorry to my uh, New England friend, friends out there, but we did sweep the Boston Red Sox and you know in I Boston. Hate, you know I hate some Red Sox, so woohoo. I want to say th- thank you for joining me and Tortua here at the Only Friends Podcast today. <laughs> Hunt, it's a pleasure having you today. As always, pleasure to be here. <laughs> and on that oh, note, man. we will be back tomorrow. We're out. Peace. See you guys.